It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 12th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross Mike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about trades. All kinds of trades. But more importantly, the thing we're going to talk about today is the framework of trades. How trades get made, or or at least how the beginnings of trades get made. We're going to talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook uh, and why the Magic are exactly where they want to be and why their framework there does not necessarily mean a trade should happen. And then we'll also talk about the draft and a little bit about the NBA, the locked-on NBA mock draft as well. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all to get check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to give it all the podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic, the excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA, but the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the latest on what's going on with Russell Westbrook and the Houston Rockets? Check out our friends at Locked On Rockets. Plus, right now on the Locked On NBA feed, is the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. All of us, all the Locked On hosts for every single team in the NBA get together like we do every year and conducted a mock draft, complete with trades. It's it's as real as it can get for an NBA draft. A lot, Very illuminating for me. I'll talk a little bit about some of those results coming up today. The Magic, by pick at 15, is due up on Friday. So if you want to get the lowdown on the draft, such as with, with analysis from Jeremy Wu and Chad Ford... Uh, as well as our host Brad Brad Rowland and uh, and Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, uh, plus analysis of trades from these armchair journal managers from John Hollinger himself. Check out the Locked On NBA podcast today. I highly recommend you listen to the podcast. The Locked On NBA mock draft started on Wednesday. It continues on until Tuesday, I believe. So you will have plenty of time to get ready for the NBA draft and all of our picks. I'll break down my pick in a little bit more detail on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. So get excited for that. Remember, no matter what team it is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search for Locked On in the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Well, it wouldn't be an NBA offseason if we didn't have some rumors that just sent the internet buzzing. Very, very quickly buzzing and very, very quickly getting to not not uh, just, a, just a regular conclusion, but a, a really, really interesting conclusion, a really interesting debate and, and, and discussion that's had. And I can assure you, if we're having these discussions as fans, front offices have had these discussions already, if not having them still today. Sham Charania of The Athletic reported, uh, it was roughly 8 o'clock at night on on. Wednesday evening, reported that Russell Westbrook had asked the Houston Rockets or expressed to the Houston Rockets his desire to leave. 
immediately, as everyone has when the, it was reported that the Pelicans had made Drew Holiday available, or whenever anyone seems to become available on the trade market, everybody fires up the trade machine and sees what they can do. And it didn't take very long for the national media, people who are outside of the Magic score, because yes, Magic fans had been asked about Russell Westbrook for a little while. Um, you know, I had uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, we had Dan Bennett, I had him do a project where he picked a player off of every single team in the NBA um, that the Magic could target for trade and proposed a deal. And Russell Westbrook was his target with the Houston Rockets. So it wasn't a secret that maybe Russell Westbrook could become available. Um, But now there was some meat to this bone. And everyone started to fire off and say, okay, is this something that Magic should pursue? You know, there's certainly a camp that says get a star at all costs. There's certainly a camp that says, no, 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 hold on a second. This doesn't quite make sense. I'll tell you where I stand on this. Um, I don't think the Magic should go after Russell Westbrook. But what I want to focus on today is the framework of a deal. Because again, it didn't take very long for national media figures, people outside the Magic's orbit to say, I wonder if the Magic would be interested in Russell Westbrook. I wonder if there's a deal there. When this first came down, I was actually at work. I was speaking with with, uh, Pat Welter of Spectrum Sports 360 uh, and said, you know, there might be something there. You know, the Magic could package together Aaron Gordon or Nikola Vucevic. You know, you got to get to the numbers. There's, Russell Westbrook makes $38 million. So you'd probably have to put Nikola Vucevic. You'd have to have some combination of Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Al Farouk Aminu, Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, all the big contracts that the Magic have. But you can get there. You can get to that number. You can get to Russell Westbrook's number. And make something happen. It didn't take long for uh, Dan Devine of The Ringer to, to propose a trade. That would have been Aaron Gordon, Terrence Ross, and Markel Fultz for Russell Westbrook. And it fit in the trade machine. Maybe not if the calendar flips over. That would have, have to be something done before the draft. But nonetheless, something worked. Something clicked there. Something's like, huh. Well, if Houston's trying to rebuild and Orlando's trying to get to that next level... Maybe there is something there. There's common ground there. And yeah, there's players to be swapped. It's not impossible to imagine a trade happening. This is what I mean by a framework. And this is going to be like the key definition of this podcast. The key theme of this podcast is the framework of a deal. That'll be the name of this podcast if, 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 you, didn't, if you didn't know. I don't know that because I haven't named the podcast yet. Um, but you know that already. The framework of a deal is simply this, or or the way I'll define it is simply this. The, not the final deal, there's still details to iron out and and, and things to figure out, like draft compensation perhaps, or secondary players to add, but essentially it's this. The heart of the deal, the very basic thing that both teams are after, can be really summarized very simply as something that, that I have to offer and something that I want to receive. The magic can offer an Aaron Gordon, an Evan Fournier, a Terrence Ross, perhaps even a Markel Fultz, to go get a Russell Westbrook. The basic contours of that deal are present. They make sense to some some degree. I'm not going to go too deep into whether this deal actually makes sense or not. And you can see that as a starting point for kind of those final, more serious discussions. I'm going to sit here right now and tell you this. I don't think the Magic should go after Russell Westbrook. 
I think that while this is the exact risk that the Magic are lining themselves up to take, they're looking to go all in or to, to use some of these young assets they have or these trade assets they have to go after a star, you know, certainly someone of Russell Westbrook's caliber. But to me, Russell Westbrook is not the guy to do it. I know that he averaged 27 points per game last season. I know that he's uh, still up at around 7 rebounds and 7 assists per game. He is a dynamic player, and yes, he would absolutely change the Orlando Magic. But he's also a very high-priced player. With three years left on his contract, two of them at north of $40 million per year. I I say this a lot, too. When you acquire a player of Westbrook's talent and caliber, your clock is already ticking. So if you're having to give up three starters just to get Russell Westbrook, you better be dang sure that Chuma Okiki is going to hit, that Jonathan Isaac's going to be ready to go in a year and ready to contribute because guess what? You've already lost a year of Jonathan Isaac. He's going to need another year really to get back to full health. That's two of those three years with Russell Westbrook out the window. I hope you heard that snap. To me, that's not the risk to take especially considering Westbrook's on the wrong side of 30. Happy birthday to Russell Westbrook. as he, he is now his 32nd birthday. Um, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's played a lot of minutes. He has had a lot of injuries. That athleticism starting to creep down. He's not the most efficient player. And the bottom line is this, and again, this is the heart of every question the Magic must ask themselves this season. Does this trade, is this move that we're doing making us better, making us more competitive, getting us out of the 7-8 ringer that we're in. Because essentially the biggest complaint that I've seen and a complaint that I agree with is the Magic cannot find themselves stuck as a 7 or 8 seed. They need to find a way to burst into competing for home court advantage, competing for something real in this Eastern Conference. And I'm not sure, unless Russell Westbrook is bringing a friend that we don't yet know, to Orlando, I'm not sure that's the direction the Magic should go. It's certainly not the style that Jeff Weltman has had, this very patient building that he's done. That's not the point I want to make here, though. Because while I don't think Russell Westbrook is the guy, the fact that we're talking about the Magic in one of these conversations for you know what I sometimes call a distressed asset or you know, a star looking to move. That's a sign that what the Magic are doing is working. That's a sign that the Magic are on the right path and able to get into these conversations. Let's be real. We all know that the Magic's biggest weakness is they lack a star. They lack a guy that ties ties the room together, so to speak, that gets everyone in the correct roles and playing at the right pace and, yes, can take over games especially in the playoffs. That is something that this Magic team lacks, and they frankly lacked it since Tracy McGrady was here. They need a player that defenses have to account for at all times, and defenses can beat. And yes, Russell Westbrook is that kind of player even still. I I fully acknowledge that. But the Magic aren't willing to take, are probably not willing to take that risk right now. So the question is, Where is this all-in move? Where is this move that they're willing to push their chips into the middle of the table? For now, we don't know what that move is, but for now, we also know this. The Magic 
have the pieces to get involved in those conversations. When the Magic are ready to push their chips in, when the Magic do feel the right opportunity is there, they have the guys they need to get it done. They can make that trade. They can get to that place to make that kind of move. And frankly, that's the move that this Magic team is waiting for. That's the move that this franchise is waiting for. That is the move that Jeff Weltman is waiting for. Jeff Weltman has taken a fair amount of criticism uh, this this season. Um, you know, and I think some of it is fair. I think he didn't I think he didn't quite fill all the needs for the Magic's roster to put them in a position to succeed in a way that I think they all thought they would. Um, you know, again, the, 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 there's still a lot to be said that, that's good about Weltman, and, and my, my position is that Weltman needs to really focus on adding skill to the roster uh, and less on kind of some of those, those big, bigger picture philosophical issues and, and treat this team less as a rebuilding team and more as a team that has growth potential. But I would also say this. To this point, Weltman hasn't taken any risks. To this point, the Magic have played things pretty safe and you know, pretty by the book. And that's fine. That's gotten them into the playoffs. It's you know, helped them establish the foundation that they need to have. But at some point, Weltman's going to have to push some chips into the center of the table. He's going to have to take a gamble, take a little bit of risk, put his job on the line, to be perfectly fair. And you don't want to do that when you're desperate. And that's why I've always been that's why I've always been clear to say that I think the Magic need to be assertive and aggressive, but they need to make sure what they do has purpose. They need to make sure that each move serves a larger goal for the team. That's not a bad thing. That's not to say, that's not to say they shouldn't do anything. They just need to make sure what they do has meaning. Eventually they got to push some chips in. They got to take a little bit of a gamble to try and push this team forward. And that gamble is going to define Jeff Weltman's tenure with this team. That's the gamble that's going to matter. That's the gamble that's going to decide whether his project sinks or swims. And it's coming. And so the lesson from Wednesday night is not that the Magic can get Russell Westbrook or that the Magic should chase Russell Westbrook. The lesson from Wednesday night to me is the Magic can be in those conversations. The Magic are in a position where they are considered maybe not a front runner, but a realistic t- a realistic player in these conversations for potential stars. And so the question for the Magic then is, which one do they push in for? Winning will help maintain the value enough to make these kinds of moves. But which one are the Magic going to do? I don't think it's this one. It might well be. But that that time to push in is certainly coming. We're going to talk a lot more about trades coming up in just a moment, but it is the spirit it is the season of trading, whether it's the NBA draft or upcoming free agency, it is off-season time. The NBA draft is less than a week away. I got my big board up on orlandomagicdaily.com. I might talk about that a little bit more. Uh, at the beginning of next week, but I kind of re-ranked my prospects, the prospects that I favor, at least for the Orlando Magic specifically. So with the NBA draft just days away, the Locked On NBA podcast is mock drafting every first round pick. I played the role of the Orlando Magic with the 15th pick. Maybe sooner, maybe not. 
I took on the role of the Orlando Magic. I tried to trade up. I'll talk a little bit about some of those trades coming up here in just a moment. And then I made the Magic selection where I made the Magic selection. So if you want to listen to me explain who I think the Magic should pick, listen to the Locked On NBA podcast every day leading up to the draft. You could hear projections of each pick and expert analysis from Chad Ford, the Athletics' John Hollinger, and Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. It is an all-star cast. Check the feed to catch up on past shows and don't miss a pick. Subscribe to Locked On NBA Today wherever you get podcasts. We're coming up here on the on the ad break, which which you know you you might skip over, but don't 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 skip over it. Burst through the wall, get through get through the wall with built go. That's 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 what you got to do, right? Got to get that energy to get through the end of your day, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with go every day. They're easy to take. Come in one and a half ounce packages. Put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Your golf bag to get through the back nine, or in your pocket to get through your day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a Monster Energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast-absorbing, so it gets into your system fast, and it's easy on your stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work, like beta-alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Also comes with essential B vitamins as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So let's get into the draft a little bit. Um, you know, I think a lot of Magic fans, and certainly I view it this way, this is a really important draft. Um, the Magic are capped out a little bit, and, and they need to make sure they add talent. And and the best way to add talent, the best way to add cheap talent is through the draft. And uh, you know, I think the Magic's draft record under Jeff Waltman has been okay. I wouldn't call it great. But when you're in a small market like Orlando, you've got to draft well. You've got to supplement your roster with key role players. That's the key to what Toronto's done. Uh, and certainly the Magic are building a lot of what they're doing off of what Toronto did and what Toronto accomplished. And yes, the joke around the league is the Magic-like length. That is a thing that they they treasure. But the bottom line is this. At 15, the Magic can get a good player. But they're certainly in a position where they can think about moving up, where they seem like they have the ability to get up in the draft and, and make moves higher up in the draft to take players they want to take. We've heard about and talked a lot about uh, the Magic's potential interest 
uh, in the Golden State pick at number two. Um, a lot of people have kind of viewed Aaron Gordon as a potential trade trade target for the Golden State Warriors. Um, I, I think Nikola Vucevic is a much more much better trade target for the Warriors than Aaron Gordon. But the idea being, Orlando can again leverage some of their players to move up in the draft. And and as we saw with the Russell Westbrook stuff, even if the Magic's players aren't the highest value at the moment, there is still the possibility to make a deal. There's still a framework to get a deal done if teams are interested in. Certainly, the Magic look like they could be a team that moves up to the top pick. I think that there is a framework there. Aaron Gordon or Evan Forney in the 15th pick for the first pick in James Johnson is a start. Magic get a kind of a, 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 a greedy player in James Johnson. I wouldn't mind that at all. And they get the pick of who they want in this draft. The Golden State Warriors has consistently been Nikola Vucevic or Aaron Gordon and the 15th pick for the second pick in Andrew Wiggins. Again, that's not the final deal. Those aren't what the deal would actually look like. There's still a lot of moving parts, and I, and I think both teams would have to, to have to do some work to get to a deal. But that's essentially what the deal is. That's the more most important part of the deal. Now, the Minnesota pick and the Golden State pick, I, I don't think that those are picks that I don't think those are trades the Magic would do. Uh, as I've said throughout this whole draft process, there is not a guy at the top of this draft that I'm willing to trade for from the Orlando Magic that I think moves the needle significantly enough to give up what I would have to give up to get them. Again, like, you know, maybe I'm overvaluing Nikola Vucevic a little bit, but giving up your best offensive player to take Anthony Edwards and not getting a center backer to take James Wiseman, I'm not, I'm not, honestly, I'm not sold James Wiseman's going to be a better pro than, than Nikola Vucevic. I think some people think I'm crazy for saying that. Nikola Vucevic is a pretty good pro. Uh, he's an all-star. Uh, I'm not sold James Wiseman is that, and frankly, I, I might have Onyeke Okongwu ahead of James Wiseman on my personal board, not necessarily my magic board, um, but I, 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 I'm not sold on James Wiseman necessarily. So I don't think that this is where the magic would go. Now, in the locked-on NBA mock draft, I did call Golden State. Um, you know, I did go to the Golden State Warriors, to Wes Goldberg, who's, who's, who hosts Locked On Warriors, and ask him, you know, Magic fans have been talking about this a lot. Would something like this interest you? And his answer was largely the answer that I've heard from Warriors fans whenever Magic fans have proposed this deal. And that is a pretty plain no. That, that, that this isn't necessarily what they're looking for. Um, I, I could certainly argue that that Golden State might want a player like Vucevic uh, to, to help them win now and win more immediately. But, you know, again, we all know Vucevic has some weaknesses, especially on the defensive end, that I think would get a little bit exposed in the playoffs. And the Warriors are ultimately looking to win in the playoffs. So, you know, maybe that is not the most attractive uh, offer for them. I, I've often said this about the Magic's, uh, Magic Warriors par- possible partnership. Um, essentially, um, the Magic are kind of third in line. Uh, you know, I'm sure Golden State would love to get a Joel Embiid, uh, and I think there are a couple other bigs that the Warriors would probably want to look at before they get to Vucevic. Um, Embiid's probably not on the table now, so maybe the Warriors are closer to it than, than, than they were before, but there's a framework for a deal. That's kind of the, the main crux of the argument that I'm making. So if the Magic can't get up to one or two, where could they trade to? Where could they go? Um, you know, I think teams like Charlotte, and Chicago are off the table, though, you know, at number four, Chicago could be an interesting deal if you trade Aaron Gordon or Evan Fournier in the 15th pick for the fourth pick and take on Otto Porter or Thaddeus Young. There's there's something there. 
Um, I think Chicago might end up getting the better end of that deal. Although, again, the, the more important thing is, well, if you're going for the fourth pick, who are you targeting? Do you really want Anthony Edwards? Do you really want LaMelo Ball? Do you really want Killian Hayes? Do you really want Denny Avdia or Isaac Okoro or Ty- Tyrese Halliburton? Or, or are those guys really what you're going after? No, I don't think the Magic are going to look to trade up to the top. The real trade targets. Atlanta's kind of a trade target, although I'm, I'm sketchy about the Magic dealing with the Hawks or the Wizards for that matter. Because, or in Chicago too. Because why would you do anything to help your chief competition for the eighth seed? Um, I, I I don't think there's a deal there. Um, the Knicks have long been a rumored trading partner. I think you could get a lot of kind of young players on a second draft um, from the Knicks, kind of take them off their hands. But eventually, you have to take on some money. Uh, you know, if you're are, are the Knicks, really going to just absorb Evan Fournier into into their salary cap space? I mean, they're probably not interested in Aaron Gordon. They're probably not interested in Nikola Vucevic. You know, are, is that how the Knicks want to spend their cap cap money? Um, you know, to, to take Dennis Smith or Kevin Knox off their hands. I mean, the, the, those two players are certainly not helping the Knicks, but the salaries are so small, they're not necessarily hurting the Knicks a ton either. So the Knicks are a hard team to gauge. The team that I think, there, there, there are two teams that I think the Magic really could get a deal done with. I would start with the 10th pick with the Phoenix Suns. It is not a secret at this point that the Magic and the Suns had talks about Aaron Gordon for Kelly Oubre. Um, and for whatever reason, they got broken off. I saw some reports that suggested that the Magic broke them off thinking that Oubre wasn't enough for Gordon. Um, or that, or I saw, I've seen other reports where the Magic were really pushing Gordon for Oubre uh, and the Suns backed off and, and then Oubre got hurt and things kind of quieted down. I, I don't think that completely goes away. I don't think that that discussion ever left the table. It wasn't something that they had to resolve at the trade deadline. Um, you know, because again, maybe if Jonathan Isaac were healthy, the Magic would have been like, "Yes, Kelly Oubre is exactly who we want. Let's go, let's go get this done." With Isaac out, you know, Gordon certainly has more value, and I think that's the case now. That the Magic will be very hard pressed to trade Aaron Gordon right now because they need him to compete this year. They don't have any other forward options unless they're going to go with Alfred Camino, which, you know, again, Alfred Camino can certainly ha- ha- handle that starting spot, but he's obviously a limited player too. A trade of Aaron Gordon in the 15th pick for Kelly Oubre and the 10th pick certainly makes some sense. And if, if you value Gordon is better than Oubre, which I would say they're about equal, um, you know, about equal players. I'd probably inch Gordon a little bit ahead, but that might be my bias. Um, but there's there's a framework for a deal there. That, and again, that's that's really what I'm going for. Is there's a there's a real framework for a deal there. There might be some other pieces that have to be added. There might, you know, someone might have to give up a second round pick. There might be a secondary or tertiary player added to the deal, but that's a workable deal. Now, I did actually uh, contact Locked On Suns during the Locked On NBA mock draft about this specific deal, and they weren't into it. Um, the, the, what, what the Suns, what the Suns post told me at the, told me in, in an email was, you know, I was a lot more interested in Aaron Gordon bef- during the season. Now I'm not. And then, you know, he kind of, and then he kind of said, you know, yeah, that, that roster is really tough to handle. And this is kind of the contradiction of where the Magic are at, honestly. Like, I found it really tough to trade up in this draft. I wanted to trade up to make sure I got a player that I really wanted. I had a list of maybe four or five players that I really wanted, and I wanted to move up to make sure I got them. Um, That was my draft strategy. I wanted to move up into that 8 to 12 range to make sure I got the player that I wanted. I will note that even at 15, 
I still got the player that I wanted. I still got a player that I wanted. So uh, I'm, I'm very happy about that, but I was kind of left with the last of those players that I wanted, which is, which is pretty important to note. So again, if I'm the Magic, I'm trying to trade up to 8 to 12. Um, I think Phoenix at 10 is a really right place to get a deal done. Now, Phoenix is obviously fishing for bigger fish at the moment. Um, they're, they're trying to get in the Chris Paul running. Maybe the Magic can be a third team in that Chris Paul trade. Um, but it does sound like Phoenix is trying to get Chris Paul out of Oklahoma City. Uh, and so a lot of the assets that, that the Suns would have to trade to the Magic right now are being devoted or, or being used to get Chris Paul. So maybe a deal isn't there if Phoenix is trying to do something a little bit bigger or thinking a little bit more ambitiously about what they're trying to do and, and, and what kind of deal they can get. But nonetheless, I think it's really important to note that, that there is a framework for deal here. And while you know my, my esteemed colleague with Locked On Suns is a little bit sour on what the Magic have to offer, and I, you know, I, I'm not going to deny it. Aaron Gordon had a bad season, and so to expect a, a ton of value for him is a lot. But again, we did see that some things might make sense to people outside the Magic's orbit with Russell Westbrook. So again, it, it all comes down to how general managers value these players. And and I will continue to say and continue to tell people that the more this team wins, the more value they're going to get for these players. Another, you know, so again, you kind of focus in on 10 would be a good place. Um, I did contact the Spurs at 11 as well in the Lockdown NBA mock draft and ask, you know, whether they'd be interested in a deal. They weren't super, you know, Jeff Garcia at Lockdown Spurs wasn't super interested in anything the Magic had. I kind of see perhaps Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, or Terrence Ross in the 15th pick and then bringing back in the 11th pick in Patty Mills or Rudy Gay. Again, that the secondary player isn't what matters. It's that draft pick that matters. It's, it's who you're going to get with that draft pick that matters. So again, that's, you know, maybe a framework there. Um, Sacramento at 12, I, I contacted them about Buddy Heald. They didn't seem too excited about the about the deal. Uh, you know, I'm not super excited about Buddy Heald, especially, you know, personally, for, if it's me, trading up to 12, I'm, you know, I'm hoping that Aaron Neesmith is there. Aaron Neesmith, to me, is just as, is, is frankly, I'm going to get the same thing out of Neesmith that I get out of Buddy Heald. Um, and so if I don't have to give up any assets to get that, I, I, I'd prefer that. Um, there is, I think, a framework for a deal. You could take Buddy Heald and Evan Fournier uh, and, and swap them and I think get, get close to where you need to be. I think some more money needs to be added on the Kings side to make that truly work. Um, but, you know, maybe 14 at Boston, you can move up a spot, but are you going to really give up maybe Nikola Vucevic uh, and the 15th pick to get Gordon Hayward in the 14th pick, is, is that moving the needle any? Um, maybe, maybe not. It depends who, who you're getting or who you're trying to prevent Boston from taking ahead of you. Um, there there are opportunities to deal. That, that That's that's the main point I want to make here. Um, there are structures, there are frameworks that make sense, um, at least on paper or at least without thinking too hard about them, perhaps, uh, for a deal. The Magic can maneuver if they can find a dance partner, if they can find a trade partner. But when you're moving up in the draft, I, I do think it is important to note um, that while it's nice to say I have the first pick, it's great to say that. And, and I hear a lot of people say, oh, the Magic got to take a risk. Go get the second pick. It's the second pick of the draft. Well, draft picks are kind of like cars. They start to lose value once you drive them off the lot. So don't think of it as a pick. Think of it as a player. Which player are you drafting? Who are you taking with that second pick? Who are you taking with that first pick? Is that player worth what you're giving up to get him? I think that's really important. 
I think that is a really, really important distinction. These are not hypothetical, you know, assets anymore. They are real people with real skills. So there is a framework for these deals, whether it's one, whether it's two, whether it's 10, whether it's four, whether it's 11, whether it's 12, wherever it is. There are frameworks for these deals. The magic can swing these deals. But as I say all the time, as I said, even when dealing with Russell Westbrook, what's the purpose behind that deal? What are you gaining from that deal? What are you trying to accomplish with this trade? Those are the questions that need to be asked before you hit send, before you hit call, before you hit approve, whatever, whatever you have to do. Those are the questions that need to be asked and answered before you make any of these decisions. Very clearly, the framework is there. The magic can maneuver and make these deals. It is very, very possible. People do see it as a possibility. But you got to make sure it's the right one. You got to make sure it is a deal that truly advances your team and serves a larger goal. Because if you're going to take that risk, you got to make it, again, it's risk. It's it's never guaranteed. But you got to make it as informed and as purposeful as you can. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search or tune in him like Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk about the Locked on NBA mock draft and who I took for the Orlando Magic, because yes, my pick is coming up one way or another. Or maybe it isn't. Uh, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on NBA, be sure to follow Locked on NBA throughout the week and leading into the draft on Wednesday for our annual Locked on NBA mock draft. It is one of my favorite projects that we do on the network every single year. So very excited to see it uh, come out and to share it with the world. It was a very fun mock draft, very illuminating exercise, as I mentioned a little bit here. Um, and again, I'm becoming very, very confident the Magic are going to get a player that they're really going to like at the 15th pick, so I don't know if they'll even have to move up if they if they want to otherwise. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.